Thank you for listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion. With your host, Dapper Data. What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? You're listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion. I am your host, Dapper Data. So we have talked a little bit about this before, okay? But we have an expert on here that's going to dive deeper into this, okay? We're talking about digital marketing, all right? A powerful, powerful thing. If you don't know what digital marketing is, we're going to explain it. We're going to dive a little bit into it. But on t- online retailers out there, right, are investing in digital marketing these days. It's an, a ridiculous investment, right? I mean, I know Starbucks said they did some crazy stuff like several billions of dollars a year or something like that or millions of dollars a year just in digital marketing alone and um you know they're checking things like conversion rates right you know and according to um an article out there i think it was by digital commerce 360s uh uh, february uh survey it was a retail survey more than half of the retailers out there right that's 55 percent said they plan to focus on digital marketing investments in 2023 and so i know it's a heavy heavy thing and we're going to ask the special guests on the on, on the call today why is that right? Why is it? Why is this a big push for that? Okay. All right. So, without further ado, I want to introduce you to David Foreman. Say what's up to everybody, David. Hello. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Now, so, so David, right? You know, he is the COO of Clarity Creative Group, and we'll talk a little bit about Clarity. Um, that's a digital marketing agency in Central Florida. And we're going to dive a little bit into Central Florida a little later, too. So we'll see. We'll see his knowledge on Central Florida. Uh, <laughs> but he he likes to nerd out over coding and web design on a professional front and sports on a personal front. So he's very enthusiastic about uh, his 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 gift and his passion about web design, coding, digital marketing. So thank you for being on the uh, podcast, David. Uh, please tell him a little about yourself. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my, my background actually was in um, uh, business management, but development was always like a passion of mine. Mm-hmm. And um, it really just became a, a point of, uh, you know, playing around with things. It was a hobby. And um, I worked together with a friend on, on building a project many, many years ago, many, mm-hmm. many years ago. And <laughs> it did really well. And I was like, oh, cool. Like we could get a site to rank. We could build things and we could do, you know, have fun with it. And I'm like, I love doing it. We should make this a career type of thing. Mm-hmm. And so it became kind of a side hustle. And then um, again, um, five, six, seven years ago, decided, mm-hmm. oh, okay, well, I'm going to make this my career. I took like a, like a little, um, uh, really went in on like a coding boot camp to just kind of go like oh, nice. I really like what I'm doing and turned out I loved it. I had so much <laughs> fun. I enjoyed doing the homework and it only like um, really ex- gained in my skills um, and really just hit the ground running on taking on more clients. We grew our team from me and just my, my business partner to uh, there's nine of us uh, and we, you know, really focus on um, doing um, web design web marketing, digital marketing, getting people out there and and being, and this is the place where we we, we really see eye to eye being data driven in what you're doing mm-hmm. because 
because anybody could just build a website. But if you don't have any data behind what you're doing or what's working, then yeah, you could be throwing fifty million dollars into the ether and watch it disappear. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, absolutely, man. You're you're spot on with that, man. You know, I've been. Uh, I mean, even from social media to websites, right? We talk about convergent rates. You're talking about all those different things. I mean, the data is there, right? You know, you're collecting it to help you make some of those better decision decisions on whether you want to shift. Uh, a customer this way or whether you want to make some changes to your website i'm sure it's probably plenty of time where you need data to show you okay this is and it probably presents that proof in the pudding right it's, it's like the, it presents that whole uh uh support behind with, with your when you're communicating with your clients do you see that a lot of times uh clients are sitting there and they're like man the data sort of makes me say okay um i believe in what you're saying mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, wholeheartedly. I, I can't tell you how many conversations we've had where it's like, at, at some point we've gotten the, the, the client phone call. You know, this this is our, our bad for not updating the client maybe well enough or he didn't see his report that showed him that he got uh-huh. so many phone calls from, you know, a, a, a campaign. And he's like, you know, I, I don't think I really got any. I don't think I got it, but, but I have a number here. Let's go ahead and look. And then we look at like what his, it went from a feeling to, oh no, it is working. Let's keep that yeah. going and I'll up the budget. I was like, dang it, we should have done this earlier. What are we doing wrong? But it was the data that, it, it, and, and people get feelings, but like, that's fine. You can, your feelings could be things are good or things are bad, but like the data really, like really shows you what's working and what's not. So it's phenomenal. I I love, love, that's what I love about digital is because you have that, you know, you can collect it. Yeah. You know, yeah. So if you're on radio or billboards, it's like, it reaches this many people that like are there. It's like, there's no data there. Right. All right. So, so did you, um, during COVID, Right. Did you see a big boom uh, in digital marketing? Like, did that did that increase? Huge, huge. There was definitely like a I'd say there was like a, a part a few weeks in March where a couple of clients went on hold or whatever. And a few of them, you know, they're, they're in industries that were just decimated wedding industry. And and we were, you know, happy to say, no problem. We're not going to take your site down or anything. When You know, you come back to us when you're ready, you know, we'll, we'll do our marketing. But they had, they put stuff on pause. They're like, you know, nobody's having a wedding. Like, what are you going to, what are you yeah. for? So it's like, but so we had a, probably like a week of fear, right? Where a couple of clients just kind of went on pause. Then it was like the floodgates opened. It was the opposite. Right. Yeah. You know, we talked to all our clients about it and they were like, yeah, we need to do more. We're, we're ready to do yeah. more. This is the time where we need to get our name out there. And, and and those that, you know, used it as a point to realize that, you know, a lot of the, you know, yeah, you don't have a lot of people driving by businesses as much because everybody's trapped in their house or that right. people are doing more research or spending more time online. How do you show up more online for them to find mm-hmm. you? that's that's the sauce that's where the um uh really the obviously digital marketing makes a uh an an impact but yeah for covid it was um a great um i wouldn't say a boom but it was definitely a where people realized more and more that our services were 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 necessary that you couldn't network anymore when you couldn't be Mm -hmm. in person so you kind of had to turn to alternatives and you know digital was a big alternative yeah, definitely. I mean, I can, I, I, I completely agree. I mean, I saw so many companies that invested way more dollars in digital marketing when the, uh, when the pandemic happened, right? And it seemed like that it was the the aha moment, right, where mm-hmm. they said, you know what, 
this allows me to scale more. I should have been doing this a long, a long time ago, right? Being online, having that presence online, I can scale out more to the masses, right? You just have certain people going into your store that are local, whatever it is. Now I can just spread out globally, right? You know, especially the smaller, uh, the smaller, uh, probably retailers to, uh, stores or smaller uh, mom and pop shops, things like that. They say, man, I need a, I need a website now. I need, I need to go. Oh yeah, well, like 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 a fitness studio maybe locally here in in Central Florida, right? Was mm -hmm. was serving people in person, then realizing, aha, wait, I could just do my workouts in a Zoom or in a way, or yeah. I can <laughs> now do online coaching. And now I don't just have everybody that's in my you know little you know area code. Now I have people all over the country, right? I, I think yeah. it definitely like flipped a switch somewhere, yeah. and, and in a, in a good way that got people to think outside the. The, that I need to have a location and I need to only service those people. So, Right, right. It's like you can remove, uh, um, now you're removing that blocker, right? Because at one point it was a blocker there to say, oh man, when COVID hit, everybody realized, man, we can't even be in person. So now that, that removes the blocker and you're still able to make your sales. So, you know, I think I definitely think that, you know, despite, um, you know, the, the negative portions of COVID, right? You know, a lot of people build businesses, increase their businesses um, through digital marketing, uh, through website development, things like that, you know? So, hey, look, I want to talk a little bit about Clarity Creative Group, right? Let's dive into that, right? Because uh, you're doing exactly what we're talking about right now. And, um, you know, SEO is crucial. Yeah, I was just talking about SEO a little earlier and stuff, mm -hmm. you know? I didn't know that difference, right? Between the local and global SEO and all that stuff. Um, and we had somebody on the call before, this was like uh, about a year or some change ago, and they talked about uh, local SEO, right? They were only focused on local SEO, right? And um, and I wanted to be more global, I guess, you know, I wanted to handle maybe both, but it's crucial period, right? Where, however you handle it, because uh, it makes your website more visible, um, it means more traffic, more opportunities to, uh, to convert those prospects um, into customers. Right. Uh, so what are you guys doing at uh, clarity creative group, you know, to, to, and, and what's your vision going forward for the, uh, for the consumers? Yeah. Yeah. So SEO as a whole, right. And going back even into like our COVID conversation just before, right. To, to, to even take that along a little further is, um, the, the, the local side was important. Right. And that is mm -hmm. great. Right. In terms of like having people find you, but if you're a local only, mom and pop or whatever, you might be mm -hmm. now restricted, but maybe you can service outside of, of the area. And in the algorithm or whatever you would say, there's technically different ways to look at like how you show up, right? So when you search for something, right? So if you're searching mm -hmm. for, um, we'll just say web developers, right? I'm going to be biased. You're, you're searching mm -hmm. for a web developer and you type that in, there's probably going to be a map pack that shows up. That's the local SEO. Then underneath mm -hmm. that are your regular search results. At that mm -hmm. point, anybody can show up in that that listing now it sometimes mm -hmm. does favor some locale it will use some of your search history and what you search and what i search in two different places or two different search histories will look different and mm -hmm. be unique but we're not probably talking like complete changes we're talking a couple different ones that might be like oh this one might make sense more for you over for me but overall mm -hmm. when you're trying to focus on ranking in those you know google really favors content quality content mm. that it gets understands and and there's you know i mean th there's a lot that can go into it but it could be 
you know, writing really, really, you know, informative things, following a couple little steps in terms of having, you know, proper page structure. Google really mm -hmm. likes like when you it's it's like um you know, setting it up, setting Google up for success, right? Like mm -hmm. if you're giving them, you know, what's known as H1, which is the heading title, right? If you put mm -hmm. actually what keyword you want to rank there, it's not a, uh, oh, if I put, you know, Orlando web design, I'm definitely going to rank for that. It doesn't always <laughs> work that way, right? That's what used to work like 30 years ago and then put it 25 more times on the page. That doesn't necessarily work, but it's going to help Google understand, ah, this page is about that. Ah, this page is about, you know, marketing your business or whatever it might be and then using the rest of the page right do you have good engaging images are they unique images or did you get them from a stock photography site it's not bad mm -hmm. to have a stock photos but what on your site is unique that google goes ah this isn't like all the other websites out there wow. And, and, and that's how you have to stand out because right now we're, we're, we are in a world of lots of competition. So we're trying to create unique, great content that hopefully appeases Google to trust our sites, what we do, how we do things. Um, so writing great content. Uh, and then um, I, I would say one one real important thing is, is linking, internal and external. Internal linking because assume Google's gonna crawl one page on your website. From there, it needs to make its way right around. If you don't have any links in your content, you're at that point telling Google to start at the top, go to the bottom and go nowhere. Right. Yeah. But if you're linking internally throughout, right, maybe there's an maybe you're talking about web design. You're talking about how much we love WordPress here at our agency. And we're going to have a link over to why we love WordPress or the benefits of WordPress. Well, if you're going to talk about the benefits of WordPress, you have a blog about it, link it up. You know, internally, yeah. get, and then if you're maybe going to talk about why I don't know, it's like 55% of all websites on the internet uses WordPress. Well, don't just say that. Link up externally the other places mm. that mention it too to help build support in terms of supporting your what you're 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 saying. So that way, you know, it's it's like Google fact checking, right? It's going to mm -hmm. see 55%. That's going to go to a page which tells it exactly that. I don't think it necessarily goes back and like checks it, but it's like okay, cool. You're not just telling people to live in this like walled ecosystem of your website. So it's little things like that, that just, it adds up a lot in terms of how Google experiences your site and, and knows what's going on. No, that's interesting. You know, I didn't, I never thought about the whole linking thing, right? You know, um, I, I guess people like the average person or the, the consumer, the customer would probably think, well, LinkedIn is just taking you away from my page. You know, I don't want to put it there, right? That's probably the complaint they will have, right? Correct. Heard that yeah. 50 times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, when you look, when you think of it that what you're trying to do is just show the connection points, right? When mm -hmm. you're interlinking things, you're now telling the story properly so Google can understand, ah, this is a web development company. Ah, they do WordPress. Mm -hmm. Ah, I understand what they do now. And because, again, if you just put up five-page website, you have a lot more, you know, a tougher time to to rank mm -hmm. because there's a lot more information out there unfortunately when before we used to be able to get away with that you know it was nice it was easy um we got to do a little bit more it's you know it's not a ton of work but it's definitely like mm -hmm. you know sharing your expertise because that's that's what google wants to see right 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 all right so what's your if you could choose your your favorite seo tool right you know what would it be okay all right so internally Within the team, I think we use um, software called Ahrefs. Okay. It is for keyword research 
Um, but what's really cool about it is a it tells you like it gives you um, it tells you what your competitors rank for. It tells you what you rank for. It tells you how many times somebody searches for certain keywords. That is really, really cool just because uh, you talk about data. It's so data-driven, and it's the greatest thing for us to be able to show our clients and what we do and how we do things to either show if things are going great or if things are not going up, maybe how many keywords they rank for, or um, like I said, what their competitors are doing. You can go in, see what keywords Mm -hmm. they rank for, and go, okay, why don't we rank for that? What what, what do we need to do on our website to do that? Or what are they going after that we're not going after? So you have like that kind of vision. Um, so, um, it's a couple bucks, definitely not, not the cheapest softwares that I use, but there's a couple of them out there that uh, are similar, like other, there's, uh, SEMrush, there's Moz, um, and they're good, but I feel like Ahrefs seems to have probably the best data and the most, um, most, uh, easiest to use interface. Um, we use it for, for keyword research to know what to go after. Uh, it's just, just a lot of like, um data but also too like you and me could go on and search for you know web design and your results are different from mine so how do we figure Mm. out what actually is like a good like clean view of search results before like Mm -hmm. your personalization gets put in there and a lot of times you can get that using a tool like this versus trying to you know Uh, oh i'm googling you're googling we're both seeing different things why yeah so it kind of puts an impartial view in there so it's cool like like that now that I would say is our biggest one. I love Google Search Console. The okay. problem is, um, and that is where you can actually, if you have a website, you could hook it up and it's it's pretty much what you share with Google to sh- um, have them crawl your website, but they provide you data back, right? So they tell mm-hmm. you what keywords you rank for, what pages um, are, are ranking and, and, and some of your impressions and clicks that you get from that. Now, the only problem oh, is- nice. It's Google's filter data. So sometimes you don't get everything. And mm-hmm. on top of it, you obviously can't see your competitors. But right. if you want, like the like for our clients, I like to use that because a lot of times that's, um, you know, obviously stuff that we have access to. Um, mm-hmm. So it's cool that way. It just kind of research and kind of see things going on. Um, mm-hmm. It's nice because free. So it's. Yeah, cool. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I thought you were going to say something like Google Analytics or something like that, you know, initially. I mean, how do you feel about that? Is that uh Uh well, we're going we're we're going through <laughs> like a well, you know, you you've heard about the universal analytics going over to GA4 and all that. Yeah, GA4 and everything. That. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, yeah I, I heard about it uh, you know, a few months ago actually. Yeah, I have a love-hate relationship right now with uh analytics. I uh, I love what the new platform, what GA4 is going to do. Like it makes mm-hmm. sense, but I feel like we're getting, you know, dare I say, you know, kind of like a, you know, move on, just move on, <laughs> get over the fact that you're not going to have any historical data and just move on. Uh, uh-huh. It's kind of a, it's too bad. I, I get, it. we can't have both because it used different data models and all that stuff. Um, so, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm past the point of, of, like kind of caring about like that that like the the change is happening for us right. we have everybody set up on ga4 
but mm -hmm. I know it's going to be like, hey, I remember last year I had a thousand people and now it only says I have 600. Why? It's like, okay, <laughs> it's a new data model. Oh, what does that mean? Oh, one used events. Oh, one used users. Now this one uses events and it's different yeah. because one had their phone and their laptop and that counted as two users, but now it's one user. Oh, I didn't know that. So like there's good. It's good that that's tracked now as one user or one, <laughs> one person. But we didn't have that before. And so it's now just confusing for the clients. Mm -hmm. It's confusing for the small business, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seemed like it'll be more of a, um, you just have to educate the, the the clients on it a lot more, mm -hmm. right? You know, prior, you know. Um, all right. So I wanted to get a little bit into uh, the AI, right, and digital marketing space. But it's something that just made me think about this, right? I started thinking about natural language processing, all that stuff. And I'm like, look. This is a huge space where like chat GPT, you know, is, is playing in, right? You know, in this space, mm -hmm. right? I mean, do you see that something like that is in on the verge of kind of taking over roles such as your role that you're doing right now? Okay. Uh, <laughs> this is like a whole other podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, yes and no, right? Mm -hmm. So there's two parts to to the whole like AI side of things, right? Mm -hmm. So AI is a great assistant. It's not obviously a replacement. And right. more importantly, I I absolutely love it, right? I went down an AI rabbit hole actually like a year ago. So mm -hmm. that was way before ChatGPT. And I feel what was out there was like mediocre at best. And like it really leveled up in December and everything when ChatGPT mm -hmm. and really opened up the abilities to do a lot. I know there was tools out there, but like you'd have to pay like $30, $50 if you wanted like a, a right. well-written, you know, article that was done, done using an AI tool. Now you could do it for, I mean, free. So- yeah. But uh, the problem with AI and what we do is AI does not have expertise. AI is a regurgitation of information. And mm -hmm. while that's good, it doesn't think for itself. And it should never think for itself. It's not supposed to think for itself. I mean, when it does, maybe, you know, we all I mean, Elon, worry about Elon it. Musk said that we need to put that petition out, right? You know, Elon Musk was trying to uh, stop AI development for like six months. <laughs> he did so. But then then he just came out and said that he wanted to work on his own AI project. So I think I, I think there was a little bit of ulterior motive there. That he was like, we need to stop them so I can do my own thing. Yeah, he, has his yeah. own. he wanted. To, I think he wants to put AI into Twitter or something like that. Yeah, like, he does. <laughs> I'm so confused, man. What do you want? No, and and it, and I think that like I I mean I think we are we are years and years off from it like actually like and I know you can teach it things, right? But everything mm -hmm. you teach it has to be something that either exists on the internet or something that you know. And if you right. know it and you can teach it, yeah, it'll put out something that's going to be better than me just typing in, "Hey, can you tell me about how to do how to look at um data and how to parse data or something like that, mm -hmm. or, you know, how to use SQL commands, right? But if you're just looking at what it's giving you, you're not going to be able to do anything with that. And if you have expertise on how to do it better, you can layer that on top of what's written there to make that content or everything that you put out there unique. If not, mm -hmm. what you're putting out there uh, to me is not going to rank because at this point, what's pulling from anyway is from what's all, all over the internet. So it's not new, right? And I think right. for years, People have been kind of putting up, dare I say, mediocre content um, mm -hmm. because it's easier, because you can, because you, nobody wants to write a thousand words, 1500 words. Um, right. 
and and AI just makes that easier. But I don't think that means that you're going to rank for it. So I feel like mm -hmm. I have to be the bearer of good news and bad news. We did some some testing, and while it it's interesting, there's there there was a, a we have a, a kind of a temporary site that we use for a lot of like throw some stuff at, and we threw a bunch of AI content up there, and we immediately saw it get picked up, and then immediately it just went down. Ah. So you know we we have a feeling that at some point like. Google kind of figures out, oh, this is cool, new content. Oh, this isn't really like new content. It's like, right. I, it doesn't see the value in it. Now, um, like I said, does it help with ideas? Does it help me if I don't maybe like I'm deep into what I do? I don't know what the best FAQs are for even what I do because I'm so deep into it. And I could mm -hmm. ask the question and get the FAQs back. Then from there, you answer those FAQs yourself. Don't let don't let the 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 AI do it for you because that's yeah. not that's not unique. And that's huge though. That's huge to get that content. I, I, I think we gotta run with that. But I think if you think that that content that it gave you on its response, I, I think that's so generic, unfortunately. But I love it. I, I think it's great. I think it makes all our lives easier. Um, mm -hmm. and and we should use it because I, I do see opportunities. One thing that uh, I, I am I am hopeful for, and I, I've seen a few samplings of it in, in the data world is being able to take in like a PDF or some other like document which shows like maybe a data studio or looker studio or whatever that shows like, mm -hmm. you know, data and to help me like get some some information from this, right? Tell me what's mm -hmm. working, tell me what's not. And there was tools, uh, I'd probably say like five, six, seven, years ago that like it would like check your analytics and say like oh your bounce mm -hmm. rate is low this oh, right, You're doing right. great. <laughs> and it was like that's so kitschy and it was cool <laughs> like it but it had like a little natural language thing where it would tell you like this was a good month for you this page got extra uh -huh. views but like you could actually like probably program the ai to understand what you're tr trying to get out of this hey i need conversions i need to know what's working help me out look at this data and tell me you know where people are dropping off, what's going well, what's not going well, where's our mm -hmm. you know best things happening, and hopefully get maybe a natural language response that allows yeah. maybe a client that's not a marketer you know to understand that. Now what they could do with that would be the the, the million dollar question, right? They you know if, just because it tells you like your bounce rates up or I don't know that doesn't really matter much your conversion right. rates down that doesn't really tell much right they still probably need an expert to figure out what that that means so yeah yeah especially especially for your own business or company right like what adjustments you need to make based off of that specific rate that you got with that feedback um and i agree i mean I, I i love ai i love the way it's going right you know i'm all for the future stuff i'm like don't stop it right you know even because you know right now i think um the reason why it was trying to stop AI was because of ethical stuff, right? Mm -hmm. you know? But I'm like, look, man, there's no way you're going to be able to stop everybody from doing it, right? You know, you might stop one group, but the other group is going to say, look, I don't, I don't give, I don't give a crap. I'm, <laughs> I'm building this stuff, right? <laughs> right. I mean, at this point, like, if, if you put it out there, right? And I get that there'll be some trademark and copyrights, and there, mm -hmm. there, there was um, somebody from Samsung up uploaded slides from their deck and put it into chat gpt and i guess it educated the the the, the algorithm enough that 
you could regurgitate what were on those slides out if you weren't even mm-hmm. like in their profile, which isn't good, right? It's there's probably a big like, hold on a second, don't use any proprietary, don't put proprietary things into Chat GPT because right. just know that you're training it with that and anybody can get anything out of that. So that's like yeah. probably like rule number one, which is it's like the same thing. It's like don't put your password in there and be like, make this more secure. <laughs> It'd be like that's a <laughs> right, terrible right. idea. Why would you do that? But like we're in the learning phase right now. However, I, again, I, I do think that like nobody questions like that. Google can crawl your website and and mm-hmm. share information. And they have, if you put it on the internet, right, people, you can't be surprised that like anybody can see that, get that, share that. Exactly. So, you know, it's just a new way to, to get that data, right? It's just through that versus a search engine. Yeah, and something you brought up that was, um, I'm, so I'm doing my doctorate in data science right now. It should be done by the end of the year. And nice. one thing that you brought up that I, I don't know why I didn't think about this, about authenticity, right? You know, it was it's important, right, when you're coming up with your own views and theories about things, right? You're 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 basically researching your research and everything that's happened before, right? Just like mm-hmm. machine learning, you're looking at the history of stuff, but now you're coming up with your own opinion about things, you know, throughout the process when you're doing your dissertation, and uh, and and that can't be the that cannot be the case if you're sitting there using that regurgitated information like that's in ChatGPT, right, and all that stuff, you know, like you said, you get the FAQ, but then you you write like you you write your own stuff, right? You know, mm-hmm. that continues to give uniqueness to the body of knowledge that's out there, right? Is that is that what you were? Uh, yeah, uh, hinting at? exactly, exactly. It's it's the again, you could use the thing that ChatGPT does, but it's mm-hmm. not going to move any needles and. It, it's mm. not going to probably answer your client's actual questions the way you'd want to answer them, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's not for you or that's not for, like for us, we do it for our clients, right? Where we have to take their voice and how they do things, right? You know, you know, our our, our content writers have to be, uh, you know, they have to be a, a lawyer. They have to be a, a veterinarian. They have to be, you know, a chiropractor when they're none of those. But how do we take their voice? ChatGPT never had their voice in the first place anyway, so... Right, right. It's using all the voices, which isn't great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, look, David, thank you for being on podcast. Usually I end with what I call a dope nugget or gem, right? And today what I've learned is if you're really thinking about artificial intelligence, right, it is all about using those large amounts of data that's out there, right? Especially from the digital marketing phase and where we're looking at conversion rates and we're looking at website building and things like that, SEO and all that stuff. And uh, one thing that I learned too was that it's not about like the flooding, right, of of, of all the information. And it, well, it is about the content, like you mentioned, but not bringing everybody to all just one site and just keep flooding more information on that site, but the linking is important too, right? External, internal linking. Um, I, I, I definitely need to put that, get that involved in my website. So I probably have to ping you. Wait, do you do you handle already created websites as mm-hmm. well? Or oh, does yeah. that have to be new? Okay. No, nope, does have to be new. Okay. Okay. Okay, cool. And, and you know, and I like what we just talked about at the end, right? Contributing to the uh, body of knowledge is out there, right? Building your own uniqueness, out there is important um, just because the information is there and you're searching it on chat GPT or wherever you're searching that, that that's cool and everything. But when you're feeding information back out to the world, definitely try to use your own uniqueness because that's how everything is going to get better. Right. You know, so uh, is there anything that you want to leave the audience with? 
No, it's just exactly that, right? The more and more we can create authority based on our expertise, that's what Google's looking for. That's what's mm. going to separate you from me, from everybody else. It's it's mm. just that. And allows us to stay above AI as it tries to take over all our lives. <laughs> that's a good point, yeah. All right, so game time, right? Game time, okay? I'm ready, I'm so, ready. I'm excited. I like to play a game at the end. The audience knows it's called overrated, underrated. I ask you a series of topics. Just throw them out there. You get to decide whether you think it's overrated, underrated, right where it needs to be. I'm excited. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm excited. Okay. Hardcover books. Oh. Underrated. Underrated. Ah. I, I love having a Kindle, but there's just something about you know, being able to open the book and flip through the pages and uh -huh. it doesn't get bent. It, it, it's un, it's underrated. It's, it's something for me. It's like, it's underrated, but sometimes I feel like they're just taking up space, right? It's like, do I actually read the book, right? I get all these cool books and sometimes like I just listen to the Audible book because I drive a lot, all the kids running sure. around and all that crap, you know? And so the Audible book is more valuable to me, but you can't have like an Audible book on learning Python coding, right? You no. know? <laughs> well, but, 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 and I have like Kindles, right? And I have audio books, but like I can't go back and reference them or look something up. That's ah, not easy at all. <laughs> so it's like, man, I'm missing out. The, the other day there was something I needed to look up. I was like, I think that was from an audio book. I'm in yeah. trouble. I'll never hear that again. <laughs> I know, right? You almost have to bookmark it right then and there or something. Like, oh, you have to say, all right, 30, 30 minutes and some seconds of this <laughs> chapter or whatever, you know, take the note. So you're right. All right. Next one. Television. Oh, uh, you know, I think it's overrated. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I love it for live sporting events, mm -hmm. but overall, I feel like I don't know. It's it's it sucks me in. It's bad. <laughs> uh, 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 all right, all right. Yeah, I, I I would say the same thing. You know, for some reason, it captures my attention at nighttime when I'm trying to do like, I guess, brainless activities or thoughtless mm -hmm. activities. So I can I can hear it in the background while I'm doing something that is more like technical, right? You know, if I got to read an article or something, I can't pay attention to it and concentrate and take the notes. But more uh, recently, uh. You know, and, and maybe I just blame it on Mrs. Man. You know, she's probably hurting me, man. You know, getting me to binge watch all these shows and I just get hooked, man. <laughs> There's so many. There's so many. And they keep it's coming. So many. <laughs> just keep coming. And it's like you try, you think you're done with one and you can go to the one that you already stopped before. And then mm -hmm. another one comes out that's more interesting and it's new or it's green. So you're like, oh, man, you know, maybe I'll add that to my list. Right. And then I need another streaming service to have it because yeah. there's a new plus of some channel I've never heard of before, but they have a show I want to see. Yeah. Right. Right. All right. Avocados. Okay. You know what? <laughs> They're overrated. Uh, I, you know, I, I like them, but I feel like I went went to a, a sushi place the other day i felt like everything in the sushi had avocado and i was yeah, like man what is up with that they're going too <laughs> strong there's there's other things out there i feel like people go really hard into it and you know we uh we can calm down a little bit it's, yeah it's yeah. good i love it i love it it's it's good i can't like there's there's other vegetables i can i could have a little more on frequency yeah i agree man it's like what is this whole fashion fascinating thing about you know infatuation about 
avocados, right? I just, yeah. I just don't understand it. You know, I mean, I, I, I would eat them sometimes, right, to have that fatty portion um, in my with my with my uh, meals, right, from doing some meal prepping or something mm-hmm. like that. And I hate it because I'm like, oh, I gotta add salt and pepper to it or something because it's just not just regular avocados are not flavorful to me, right, at all, right? It's right. Just, I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> right, exactly. It's not like, like at least like you can cut up some peppers or, right. or like cucumber <laughs> or throw some tomatoes and you just pop them in your mouth. They're like broccoli. You could just cut that up and eat it. No, avocados. Right. You gotta like prep it and do stuff to it. Yeah, I'm trying to even think about that. All right, Devil's Den Spring. Devil's Have you Den. been there? No. Okay, so that's in Central Florida. I was trying to see if you've been to any certain spots. All right, what about this one? Rainbow River? I don't know what that is. Maybe I don't get out enough. I know, man. What's going on here, man? That was a Google search, man. Or I I should have probably chat GBT or something. They might get (laughs) better information. What about Fort Island Beach? Fort Island Beach? No. I've never been to any of these places. Oh, okay, okay. All right. Uh, what about Mickey Mouse, man? How do you how you feel about Mickey Mouse? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'll be honest with you. It's so, so, uh, Disney's not a client of ours. No, they're overrated. <laughs> um, you know, it's a really cool place. Um, and, and it's it's a lot of fun, but when you live next door to it, it gets boring real quick. Not that you go there, but just that it becomes your everything in Central Florida because it's it's like you know what drives so much of the economy and stuff like that. But but overall, I unfortunately I think it, it's overrated. I, I also can't stand crowds, and it is just like uh-huh. always busy. It's nuts how busy it is. You'll go to Disney or Disney Springs where it's like the free shopping area. It's like okay. It's, you know, Tuesday in the middle of the week on, a, you know, a February or whatever. And it, there's thousands and thousands of people like, where are all these people coming from? People don't have jobs. Yeah, I so. can only imagine it's probably very annoying living around something like that because it's just constant people. Like you said, it's just constant. The attraction is there. So they're they're always touring around, you know, and you, you just get nothing but. But you probably could go down the street and you see like a little kid with Mickey Mouse ears on or something like that. <laughs> it's just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but when you live on that side of town, um, there's like there's a like a road that you don't cross because you're uh-huh. gonna be in tourist town. And uh-huh. like there's a you live there's a highway or whatever that separates, and that's about it. It's not like it's not a bad part of town, it's just the tourist part of town, and you just don't want to get there because you'll probably just be stuck in traffic. And the traffic is crazy. Oh man. All right. Two more. Pizza. Pizza. You know what? There's so many different types. It's it's <laughs> underrated. There's just not enough of it. I love it. It's great. You could put whatever toppings on it. Uh I think I could I think I could eat it seven days out of the week. So oh, I'm man. Go with it. it's it's pretty Does underrated. that have to be a certain type like deep dish? You know, Chicago uh, versus everything New York. Well, but that's the thing about it is like <laughs> I could I love I'm, I'm from New York, so I love a good New York style crust or whatever. Uh-huh. And like I, I'd search for 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 a good one. You can't get a good one in Florida, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I try to find find the best of the best. But like that's the thing, is like you could get a deep dish pizza or a Detroit style pizza, and it's like mm-hmm. that's like its own it's a pizza, but it's not a pizza. So it's like I f- feel it's underrated just because of that. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. I love some pizza, man, and the kids love it too. So I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, with it, you know, let's do it. Oh, it's, easy. <laughs> it's easy. It delivers well. Come on, like, right? Especially right. during COVID. I mean, I had some really bad delivery foods, uh, like you know, like chicken sandwiches, yeah. bad, bad delivery, oh, man. soggy yeah. fries. Worst thing you can deliver. But pizza, always good for delivery. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. All right, last one. Holidays. Um, I would say, I would say they're underrated because there's not enough of them because mm -hmm. they're good excuses to hang out with friends and family. And I love it. And I wish there was more of that because it's sometimes like the only time that you ever get to see some people. And I wish yeah. that there was more of them. So for that, they're underrated. However, I feel like growing up, I overhyped like holidays and special <laughs> events like that. So for that, I was going to say I'm overrated, but I was like, no, no, no. I like, I like what they've become. So, yeah, no, I'm all about the family, man, the bonding times, things like that. It's unfortunate that, you know, those are the times that we only come together sometimes. Right. But yeah. you know, it is what it is when it, when it happens, man, it's all joyous occasion. I love it, man. You so know, that's why so. we need more of these. Like we should yeah. just create one randomly in yeah. the middle of April. So that way we can see more friends and family. Right, right, man. Create, create your own holiday, man. Call it the Why day not? before my holiday. <laughs> Why not? I love it. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Well, David, I really appreciate you being on the podcast audience. This is uh, you're listening to Data's Messiah podcast show that makes data passion. I'm your host, Dapper Data, and thank you all for joining. It's been a pleasure, David. You have shed so much light on a lot of different things related to SEO, related to digital marketing, and I definitely hope to have you on here again sometime. Where can they reach you at? And are you promoting anything right now? Yeah, yeah. Right now, um, you can find me at uh, IWantClarity.com. Um, and the only thing right now we are really promoting is um, we, uh, my business partner loves to do uh, website click-throughs and give his opinion, good, bad. He loves to use hrefs and share some data with people. <laughs> so um, if you go to IWantClarity.com and scroll, I think like three little scrolls down or whatever, we have a little thing on there of, do you know what your site ranks for? And he'll kind of do a little like tear down, good, bad, indifferent stuff that you can do. Not stuff that mm -hmm. we can do, we can do it. But like that you could do either yourself or your other web people that you might have that can kind of give you some feedback on um, what's working, what's not, what you rank for, what you don't. Maybe you have that data. Maybe you don't, and, and you're mm -hmm. looking for it. We're happy to give it. So, yeah, if anybody has any free time, use the form. We'd love to do them. They're free or whatever. You get the quick little five-minute video. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out, man. So <laughs> thanks for that, David. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, audience, you you know you can reach me at Mr. Dapper Data on any one of the social media platform. Definitely check out my YouTube uh, videos and subscribe to that as well. And until next time, peace. Thank you for listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion with your host, Dapper Data.